0: Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors
1: only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Brandon Russell, and I'm the online writer here at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host, Sue Whitbread.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Sue here. And today on IFA Talk, we're talking investment. Uh, In particular, one of the age-old discussions, debates, whatever you want to call it, is about active and passive funds. And we've got the right person to talk to about that today. It's Laith Calaf, who is A.J. Bell's Head of Investment Analysis. And A.J. Bell has recently done some detailed research uh, on active and passive funds. It's called Manager versus Machine. And Laith has described 2022 as an annus horribilis for active funds. Uh, when you're referring to the research that they've done. like, oh, I reckon that's probably a fair descriptor when you consider that their research found just 27% of active funds have beaten a passive alternative over the years. We're looking forward, therefore, to finding out a bit more from Laith in this conversation. So without further ado, Laith, welcome to IFA Talk. It's great to have you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on. Uh, hi, hi, Brandon. Hi, Leith UK. Um, I think there's only one place to start then. Can we start by asking you to give our listeners a brief overview of that manager versus machine research that Sue just mentioned?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just to kind of, I guess, frame the research and and what we're looking at. Basically, um, we look at funds across seven um, active um, equity sectors. Um, So uh, we're looking at, um, you know, as you probably expect, the most popular, so global, global emerging markets, Japan, North America, UK, all companies, Europe and Asia, Pacific X, Japan. Uh, And in each of those um, sectors, what we do is we basically filter the active funds, filter the passive funds, and then we basically compare all of the active funds to the average passive fund. And what we're trying to do is in each in each sector, uh, basically determine. What percentage of, of active funds um, have uh, have outperformed the average passive fund? Um, and you know we, we, we're a bit different in that respect because most most kind of active um, uh, sort of performance markers you'll get will will measure performance against the benchmark, which is of course mm-hmm. uh, perfect perfectly legitimate. You know you'll yeah. have an index like the FTSE All Share or the S and P 500. Um, so we, we came at it from a slightly different angle because you can't actually invest directly in the S and P 500 yeah. or in, in in the in the in the in the FTSE or Share. What you invest in is a passive fund. <laughs> so we actually wanted to kind of provide you know a real world comparison where you know people can sort of see active funds versus you know what what they're actually up against, which is you know in in real practical terms is is a passive alternative. So that's that's the, the kind of basis of, of the research this is actually the the second year that we've been doing this so it's a relatively fresh report um we're, we're hoping to kind of build up a, a data bank over time uh which kind of gives us a picture of how how active funds are, are performing kind of year in year out over the long term but um we the the latest results you know as as as, as you said in the intro there sue um not particularly um encouraging for active managers in in 2022 which is on the face of it a, a bit odd when you think about it because um you know it was a year where markets you know a, a lot of markets were falling um uh, and mm. and also a year in which kind of investment trends long-standing investment trends went into reverse a bit mm.
0: yeah exactly the old tech
2: fallout that's right yeah exactly the, the tech fallout we've also had kind of interest rates rising which is um uh, you know, a very big change from the last 10 years. And so in that kind of environment, you might have expected uh, active managers to, to actually shine quite brightly, but actually the reverse uh, has been the case. And across the, our data set, uh, you know, we we found that only, as you say, so 27% of active managers um, outperformed uh, an active alternative in the same sector in 2022. Um, now that's that's down on 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 2021, uh, where 34% um, outperformed. So I mean, still still not not a, a fantastic number. Um, the numbers a little better if you look back over 10 years, uh, when 39%. Um, have outperformed o- over 10 years but um yeah so overall probably some 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 disappointing well results for for active managers and there are kind of various reasons in each of the sectors why that's going on
0: mm, it's interesting no i I'm, i was quite surprised at that statistic i must confess but uh it is what it is isn't it 27 percent tells us quite a lot
2: that's right. Yeah. And I guess it, it kind of depends, I guess, a, a little bit what your what your baseline expectation is as well, because uh, there's never going to be a situation where 100 percent of active managers are, are are outperforming a passive alternative. I mean, that that can't yeah. really happen because that would you know, the active managers, you know, largely make up the market together with passive funds. So I guess you're probably you're probably your baseline, you know, in a sort of, you know, in a fairly neutral over a neutral period is probably that what you'd expect is maybe around 50% to yeah. be outperforming and 50% to be underperforming, give or take. So that's that. That's hopefully kind of setting where expectations should be. Yeah. You know, anything above 50% really is actually probably a good year for active managers.
1: So it's quite shocking that only 13% of active funds in the UK equity sector outperformed a passive alternative. Why have things been so bad for UK funds? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I mean, the the UK sector really explains quite a lot of what's going on um, across across the board, because there's a lot of funds in the UK sector in in our sample, because it's obviously very popular, very long long standing. And and, and as you say, Brandon, only 13 percent have have outperformed a passive alternative. Um, So one of the big reasons for that um, is is not just active managers in the UK are rubbish. Um, it's it's actually that they they tend to have a much higher weighting to mid and small caps than than passive funds. Um, so if you think about the kind of constitution of of the kind of um, the UK stock market, a lot of it is concentrated in the FTSE FTSE, FTSE um, 100, and and even within the FTSE 100, a lot of that is concentrated at the very top of the FTSE 100. Um, you know something like seven you know seven percent in Shell similar amount in, in AstraZeneca and these are the kind of positions that active managers aren't necessarily going to take in those big companies a because they're quite punchy positions and b because it doesn't really differentiate differentiate you from the market so um, you're not going to take those and I, I think I think managers also prefer hunting down the cap scale because you know it it it's a place where you know there there aren't so many eyes on on the market further down the cap scale and it's a good place to kind of hunt out maybe a few hidden gems and also get get a performance kicker over over the long term uh, and and that's actually the interesting thing uh, about what's happened in, in 2022 is that we've had a very um um you know kind of divergent performance from from within the kind of uh, the FTSE within the segments of the UK market the FTSE 100 the most sort of the biggest blue chips, have actually held up pretty well, kind of there they are giving a kind of positive-ish return, whereas the smaller mid-cap sectors are, are, are sort of 15% or so okay. down. So, you know, you can see how that, you know, if you've got a portfolio skewed to mid and small cap, um, that, that that's going to deliver out, 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 out underperformance no matter how how good a fund manager you are. Um, And and what's also interesting about that kind of performance in 2022 is also that if you look over the long term, over, say, say 10 years, it's absolutely the reverse of that. That's true. Mid and small cap has been the place to be. It's been a performance kicker for active managers. And actually, if we look at over 10 years in in the UK, uh, over a 10 year time period, 60 percent of active managers Um, have outperformed passive alternative and again a lot of that is down to their mid and small cap exposure it's just having a different effect over the short term and over the long
0: term such an important point that because as you say for active fund managers that's exactly what they're trying to do it's that long-term performance and delivering on that just taking a 12-month snapshot view sometimes can be a little bit of a distortion can't it so no great point that like I'm going to take you across the pond now to the US you just mentioned obviously about the performance of the FTSE 100, and that last 2022 wasn't a bad year for FTSE All Share and the FTSE 100, uh, despite the bear market in the S and P 500. How then have US funds beaten UK funds despite that index performance?
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 quite um it's quite shocking really i mean if you're a, a, a uk fund manager um you know you're probably you're probably tearing what's left of your hair out because you know this is the one <laughs> this is the one year when you know your index um,
0: yes. has beaten the S P p
2: 500 exactly
0: for donkeys year because it's 20, been 20, the other reverse
2: yeah, yeah yeah so absolutely Um, So you would think that that's a great platform for UK funds to outperform North American funds, but actually US fund, the average US active fund um, has has outperformed the the average the average UK fund. Part of the reason for that um, is is what we've just been talking about is the kind of mid and small caps has actually dragged down um, a UK managers sort of below below index performance, but quite a lot comes down to currency as well so the, um, the 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 pound has has weakened considerably across the dollar and did so all all the way through 2022 um and and as a result that's boosted the returns from 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 um, you know overseas Uh, overseas revenues overseas companies and and, you know the FTSE 100 itself has been a beneficiary of that but a bigger beneficiary of that has been the 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 US market so you know if you look at the US um, stock market you know it it fell into bear market territory around the the middle of the year um, which is defined as down by more than 20 percent from a recent peak you know ended the year around 15 percent or so down Um, but you know if you look in sterling terms it's only a couple of percent down um, because the currency is depreciated that much. So if you're a, if you're an investor in a North American fund sort of opening your portfolio every Christmas and looking back to last Christmas, you'll open it up and you won't see you'll see a little bit of a loss, but you'll be you will you yourself will be at a loss to explain what all the fuss is about about the about the bear market. Um, in, in in the US and that's helped to buy of course US funds and consequently means that they still come out on top again against those UK fund managers
1: can we just dive into that a little bit further than life what did your research tell us about about how US active fund managers fared overall in 2022 yeah well I mean
2: it's it's an interesting question because I mean the actual um, you know the actual numbers show that um, 40 40 percent of of active managers in the US outperformed a, a passive um, alternative. And, you know, again, that doesn't sound on the face of it like a a tremendous number. Um, But I think partly, you know, let's look at our baseline, which is probably around 50 percent. It's not too far away from that. Let's also look at other comparisons. Let's look at at last year. Um, Now, if we look at at last year, only 19 percent of of active managers outperformed. And looking over the longer term in the U.S., um, um, then o- only 17 percent of active managers have outperformed over a 10-year period so put that all together and what that tells us is that relatively speaking it was a good year for active managers um, in um, in in the US uh, with 40 percent of them outperforming might not sound like it but that's a good result um and a lot of that again comes down to kind of performance within the. US market if you think about the s p 500 some of the very biggest companies within the S and P five hundred are the t- the big tech titans, and they've had you know a very uh, a bad year, um, so they suffered quite quite heavily. In, in That's
0: putting it mildly, isn't it? In some of the cases, It is indeed <laughs>
2: put, putting it mildly. Yes, so thank you, thank you for that, that that important qualification. It is, it is. You're right, because yeah, you look at you look at some of the numbers, and you know you're talking about you know severe a severe sort of you know, crash really in in the share prices of some of these companies. Yeah,
0: the likes of Meta, I mean.
2: Meta particularly, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're talking, I mean, it's a crazy amount of money in terms of stock market value. It's trillions of pounds being wiped Mm -hmm. off the market, which is a terrifying, terrifying Mm -hmm. figure, terrifying thought, really. Uh, But again, if you think about how a passive fund invests, obviously a passive fund invests in the market just according to size. So it goes Mm -hmm. for the the very biggest things, and that's where the biggest – weighting is yeah. um and consequently when those big things fall that has an outsized effect on on on, on passive on on passive um vehicles mm-hmm. as opposed to to the active funds which will have a more a more balanced portfolio across the the the, the cap scale <laughs> so um you know again sort of a broader exposure to to uh, across the market rather than being concentrated in the in the yeah. big Big bits of the market has probably helped US managers this year.
0: You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Switching the subject a little bit now and for for advisors in particular when they're comparing uh, active funds to passive funds isn't it Leith, one of the key considerations is always about charges. And this yeah. is where passive funds tend to shine and this is always a, a given as an attribute because of the, the so-called low cost of passive funds, which I, I know isn't always the case. Um, so my question to you is really, what did you find was the difference in charges between active and passive? And, and is it really such a big deal, do you think?
2: Um, I think um, I'll I'll answer the the second question first, if that's okay. I think it's a big big deal um, because, you know, charges are a given. They are a certainty and they will erode your wealth over time. So, you know, they make
0: a huge difference, don't they? They make a huge
2: difference. So, you know, yeah. If performance is the same, charges are going to matter a huge Mm -hmm. amount. Obviously with an active fund, what you're hoping is that you are are giving yourself at least across a portfolio. You're hoping you're giving yourself outperformance, but at least a chance of outperformance. Yes. Um, so um they they definitely they definitely are important. They aren't everything because you know there's there's a question of price and there's a question of value. Yes. Um and, and you have to look for, for value because you know, just just going for the cheapest option isn't always going to be the best. If you are going to get a manager who's you know charging you a lot more, but is also fairly consistently delivering two percent outperformance a year, then that that equation is it. You know, kind of sits in favor of, of the active manager. So you do you do have to kind of make a value a value call here rather than just a price call. Um, I think. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the kind of the the charges um, uh, side of things. We found that kind of across the board, this kind of active funds are generally about point point seven five percent or so, give or take, across most sectors, more expensive than passive funds. And I'm sure, I'm sure you and your listeners probably that sounds about right. And helpfully, that's what the data shows as well. So uh, we 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 don't like to you know put put too many shocking statistics in one report. So uh, that's uh, that's. That's that's kind of what what we expected, and that's that's kind of what what it what it's come out as. Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the interesting things for me um, in the report was um, the kind of dispersion uh, or, or range of passive charges that you get mm. in sectors, and and the UK oil company sector is 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 probably the most um, sort of egregious example of, of this of this range for passive funds so your average UK tracker fund costs 0.118%. a lo- uh, you know a lot of listeners were probably thinking to that that and thinking that's that's probably a bit expensive and and they're right because actually the cheapest is 0.05 percent. So, um, you know, there's there's a big dispersion there, and what's 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 affecting that average is that is the top end of the charging scale because the most expensive UK tracker fund is one point zero six percent, one point zero six percent against I mean, the
0: cheapest. Yeah, 0.5%. that's a lot, isn't it?
2: It's a lot, yeah. So it's twenty one times more expensive um, than 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 the cheapest and you know unlike with kind of active funds versus passive funds and paying more for active funds there's no potential for outperformance here these are passive funds which are largely doing the same thing that yeah. they you know give or take they're largely doing the same thing so why are you paying that yeah. much more for one thing that is doing the same thing as something that you can get for a lot cheaper yeah. Um, yeah. it's a big dysfunction in the market i think a lot of it you know it, you know uh, is driven by we have these older legacy products in the uk um you know which were launched probably back in the 90s or the 2000s um at which yeah. time that was a normal charge right yeah. and they have not the charging structure and unfortunately people haven't voted with their feet and 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 moved a lot of people have done that of course but some people haven't which is why these funds are, are, are still around
0: it's yes, an important message and, and for advisors listening in, it just just proves to make sure you shop around and, and don't just sit there looking at the what's in a client portfolio and assume, yeah, that's doing the job. Look at what the underlying costs are and, and you can get a like-for-like like fund for, um, for a far, well, you may be able to, at a far, far lower charge. So that's a great little tip for, um, for good, cost-effective investing for 2023, I think, late. Like.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's 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 one where you know, as, as we say, you're not giving anything up as well. So it's it's kind of a a kind of win-win, really. Win-win. you're getting
0: win-win. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
2: everyone likes win-win. <laughs> so, so, yeah, if if you're just getting a, a, a fund doing the same thing for cheaper. You know, that, that's, no that That's a no brainer.
1: So, what do you think this all means then for portfolio construction as we move into 2023?
2: Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm slightly hesitant actually, Brandon, to draw too many conclusions because, as I say, we're only in the Oh, year get
0: your crystal before. ball out, late, come yeah, on. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Sorry. I, I will. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm just I'm just covering my back first. <laughs> 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 so, um, so 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 yeah, so we're two we're two years we're two years into this report. And uh, yeah, genuinely I would I would like it to, to kind of continue and, and be mm. and, and to build up a better data set so we kind of get a better idea of of um you know what 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 we're looking at and kind of what, what the trends really are. Um so you know I think I don't want to draw too many firm conclusions, but let's talk about kind of what's what's coming out at the moment um and, and what we're seeing. Um, You know, so you said something uh, which is absolutely correct Mm. and very important at the beginning, which is like looking over 12 months Mm. um, is 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 not um, a good idea. Because, you know, as we've already been discussing, there are various things that happen within a 12 month period, like the kind of mid cap thing, the currency. This is not really anything to do with how good active managers are. This is just going on in the market that are affecting those short term numbers. (laughs) So for me, actually, what is more important is the longer term picture. It's the ten the 10 year numbers. Um, and, you know, if we look at those, then, you know, a few things stand stand out to me. OK, so the first thing is this year sort of, you know, 39 percent of, of active managers have outperformed over 10 years. So still not a great amount, but, but better than over one year. What's, what's quite interesting is that when we looked at this data last year, um, even even the 10-year numbers were was was significantly different so 39 percent over 10 years this year 56 percent over 10 years last year so again what this tells me is actually quite recent performance history actually has a big impact on even the long-term numbers because we're mm-hmm. 10 years we're still looking across 10 years to today so we're including like you know the mid-cap um, and tech crashes that we've had so we just need to be mindful of that and again what I'd like to do is build up some data over 10 years that we can see every year 10 years so we can get a big a, a better picture but you know within that there do seem to be you know pockets where active managers are doing better and active managers are doing worse so the the pocket where actually active managers are doing better seems to be in the UK so 60% outperforming over 10 years and I think we've we, we've discussed. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the reason for that is is mid uh-huh. and cap exposure, yeah. which has helped basically. Um, the place where they're not doing so well, and this seems to be again relatively consistent in the data we've got so far, is the US. Seventeen um, percent over, uh, you know, outperforming over ten years from memory. I think that was only nineteen percent last year, so it's it's round about you know the, the same place. And you know, thinking about why that might be, it, you know, it. I think part of it is, you know, probably tech companies have been very successful over the last 10 years. And so actually over there, it's the very big caps that have driven performance. It's the mega, it's the mega stocks that have driven performance, where you, which active managers will tend to be underweight. That's probably a bit of it. But also the market itself, the S&P 500 is so poured over. It's I think it's probably very difficult for active managers to get an edge um, compared to, to to the FTSE or share. Um, So in terms of coming back to your question, finally, Brandon, in terms of portfolio construction, uh, I think what that 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 probably means um, is that just bear in mind that you can be selective about where you use your active risk, about where you choose active managers, where you whether you pay where you pay the premium um, and and also where you choose to to kind of take the risk of underperformance. And you might from you know if you look at these figures, you might choose to kind of, for instance, um, you know, go for the UK with your active funds, but perhaps choose a passive fund with, with your with with the, the US performance. Um, you know, of course, all of all we're doing is looking across funds as an average. And I would always encourage people when they're evaluating funds to look at the fund in isolation, uh, relative to other funds, of course, its peers and its benchmark. And that's actually. Um, you know quite a you know a better way of doing it because we're looking at aggregate data here 17% of of active managers in the US outperformed um, over 10 years that's still quite a lot of managers if you can identify them you've got less of a chance of identifying them but you can you can still kind of roll up your sleeves and find good active managers I think in in probably most places but perhaps there's a question about where you take that chance
0: that's uh, a very pragmatic summary, there, Nathan. it's reassuring to know that we're not uh, we're not just going down one way or the other. We're we're looking at two quite different investment styles, and that both of them have advantages. And if you know where to go for which particular exposure that you want, then that puts you in a far stronger position, doesn't it?
2: That's right. Yeah, and you know there are some people who are very dogmatic about mm. active or passive funds. It tends mm. to be the people who are, who are. Uh, dogmatic tend to be dogmatic about passive funds strangely yes enough.
0: And it's true no, They, it's they true. Seem
2: to be very vociferously and against active management yeah, um yeah. but i would i would say that for kind of advisors and actually you know retail clients as well both both apply rather than being dogmatic you should be pragmatic both of these are tools at your disposal um so you know you use them use them both appropriately um they are available to you so why not yeah
0: no i, I, I would concur with that exactly so we're just coming into we're just in 2023 now and i know we're all looking ahead at the 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 uh, pro- anticipating a bumpy ride for investors this year with so many different threats and uncertainties on the horizon but i wondered if you could just round off then by giving us a little snapshot of where you see the biggest threats and opportunities this year
2: so using my crystal ball again basically get the crystal so ball right? out yeah, <laughs> no yeah
0: that one you had yeah. for christmas <laughs>
2: so okay so yeah so i think um you know i kind of i kind of feel myself like in terms of the market i I don't know whether the glass is 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 half full or half empty um because um you know i can see kind of some some positive and some sort of negative um sort of forces at play really um you know we've had kind of a big sell-off in the u.s stock market valuations are looking um, much more attractive than they were mm-hmm. but they're still high <laughs> relative to, to history and so you know I, I, I don't I don't really know where that what that means particularly when we've we're now moving into a world of of kind of higher higher interest rates, um, which, you know, in theory yes, should not should used to that now, are we? We're not used to that at all. And that should reduce those 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 valuations in principle. So you can say perhaps some of that that has already happened, but also perhaps there's there's some more to come, which is why I kind of say glass glass half full, glass half empty. Also on interest rates. You know, this is a classic glass half full, half empty, from from, from various perspectives. Uh, on on the one hand, if you're a mortgage borrower, um, that glass is 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 half empty. It might be more than half empty. Um, <laughs> Very <you> know, yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so um, you know, that's one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, cash borrowers and of course, sorry, cash savers, and many of us actually sit across both of those categories. Cash savers are actually getting uh, better returns on on their money for uh, for Not- the at least nominal returns correct yeah so Mm. not inflation inflation Mm. busting by any means Mm. but 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 yeah better nominal returns but i think Mm. also that that and and that's happened in the bond world as well but that Mm. i think that does that does raise an interesting question which is you know are these things now back back on on the menu for people who are looking for diversification Mm. and some safety because you know a, a year ago you know bonds were yielding next to nothing could you really have that in a in a in a portfolio well you, yeah you could but you're, you're taking on a lot of risk and that risk has really come home to roost in in the last 12 months uh, and i think kind of perhaps going forward again maybe that's 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 a positive that we can maybe mm-hmm. glean is that actually from fixed income you're right it's not beating inflation but perhaps it's now giving a, a yield which isn't is better than it was and therefore can start to, to, to sort of yeah, be a reasonable yeah. option for, for a portfolio, I think.
0: Yeah, and for that longer term as well, because we're investing for the long term. We're not investing yeah. after 12 months. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Inflation is that it will become more benign. It's not to say prices are going down, but that the rate of increase is likely to slow.
2: That, With- that's right, yeah yeah ab- absolutely um and 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 and, and yes so th- there's i think there are kind of potential headwinds for 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 bonds particularly in the uk because in i mean we've got a lot you know we've got a lot going on in terms of the government's obviously going to be borrowing more money that means more yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be bringing more bonds to the market that's more supply um at the same time the, Gov- the 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 bank of england is unwinding its qe scheme so it's going to be selling bonds that's more supply um and at the same time you might have heard sort of about the kind of rowing back of this solvency too,
1: hmm.
2: uh where they're kind of um, encouraging insurers to 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 kind of uh, take a bit more risk and buy riskier kind of infrastructure investments well that's that's well and good for infrastructure but what they're probably going to be selling is bonds because those are the safe assets that they've they've moved into so there are definitely potentially still some headwinds for for bonds but i i guess i just think that 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 is you know it's we're in a more normal interest rate environment it's been very painful to get here because it's happened in a short space of time um but um you know that's you know kind of zero interest rates can't go on forever um and i guess the 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 question is kind of this year what are we going to see in terms of how much pressure that those those higher interest rates put on businesses and consumers and by 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 in consequence on the economy as a whole and that's that's an open question i think
0: indeed so i think you're 50 50 50 glass half full glass half empty i can see where you're coming from there and that's right yeah brave to push one way or the other on into either of those corners wouldn't you so Leith, I think that's it for today we have well and truly run out of time but I thank you for joining us today and sharing some some pragmatic information for our listeners as we start 2023 and what is going to be a tricky year there's no question about that so thank you very much indeed as always it's great to great to see you great to talk to you IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.